You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. Welcome back to another episode where we're going to go over some really powerful flirting tips. And I'm very excited to be talking about these because these are some practical tools that you can use the next time that you're talking to a girl, the next time you approach a girl, the next time you're on a date with a girl. And these are ones that not only work and ones that I teach to my coaching clients, but I've used them as well in the past and they have done wonders. Now, a lot of guys want to know, well, what does it look like? What does it look like to be able to go over to a girl, talk to her? What does it look like to actually use lines like the ones I'm going to be showing you here? What does it look like to be flirting with a girl, teasing a girl, getting a girl attracted? What does it look like when a girl is attracted? Well, if you haven't checked out one of my latest courses, one that I filmed actually a year ago today, So it was a year ago today, I was in New York City and I went and I approached a bunch of women and I have all of it on video and I put it together into a full course where I teach you how to be able to go up to women, approach them, whether it's one girl, two girls, whether they're walking, whether it's at night or during the day at a bar, how to flirt with them, how to deal with rejection, how to get them to stop when you're walking, how to get multiple women to stop when they're walking. All this is on hidden camera footage that you can be watching and learning from. And I break it all down and appropriately titled, the program is called Infield Breakdown. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes so you can go ahead and you can grab that. Infield Breakdown teaches you everything you need to know on the cold approach, on approaching women that you don't know that you want to get interested in you. So whether you are going out during the day and you see a woman at a Starbucks or at a grocery store or walking along the sidewalk or down the street, or you see some girls at a bar, if you want to learn the process of being able to start a conversation, flirt, get a number and successfully get a date, then check out my new program, new because it's only within a year old. It's called Infield Breakdown. Show notes has the link. If you want to learn, go grab it. Now let's dive into the three phrases that I really like to use. So when you're going out there, you can actually have something to say and something to practice when you're talking to women. Okay. So the first one is this. You're not one of those girls who, and then you're going to fill in the blank with something that you don't like in terms of a characteristic or something of a behavior that you don't like in a woman. So I'll give you an example. You're not one of those girls who doesn't read. You're not one of those girls who only listens to the top 40 music. You're not one of those girls who hates dogs. Okay, so you're not one of those girls who you have to think about what it is that you're looking for in a woman. What do you want her to like? What do you want her to dislike? Think about that for a second. So these are these are ones that I came up with. I don't know if they're necessarily exactly for me, but maybe a little bit. But these are ones that I came up with. 
That could be something that you could use if it's real for you. But even better, don't copy that. You can copy the, you're not one of those girls who, like you're pinning her to be a person of a characteristic that you're not looking for. Doesn't read, only listens to top 40 music, hates dogs, hates cats, doesn't like Chinese food, whatever it is. Think about that. And then you can use this in the conversation. So you can use this when you're talking to a girl. Let's say you approach her, you're at the grocery store, and then about three minutes in, you say, wait, hold on real quick. You're not one of those girls that hate that hates dogs, are you? And by the way, guys, this does not have to be perfectly fit in. A dog does not need to walk by for you to say that. You can just say this. You can interrupt conversation. So let's go on a tangent here. This is really important, guys. Conversation does not have to flow logically, okay? Really, really want to bring this point in. Conversation with the girl does not have to flow into a logical sequence of events. You can interrupt at any time. You can say something that just has nothing to do with the last three minutes that you talked about. You can go on a tangent any moment. In fact, we do that. That's a complete normal thing to do. We do that in conversations. Sometimes it could be a little awkward if you're in the middle of this deep conversation and then you go, oh, well, real quick, and then you talk about something else. That should be obvious. But if you're just kind of fluffing around having general chit-chat, you can easily just be like, wait, real quick, you're not one of those girls who only listens to top 40 music, are you? And then she'll be like, yeah, I love top 40. Oh my God, top 40. Oh, okay. This is never going to work out between us. Or she'll qualify herself and she'll go, no, that's not all I listen to. I listen to other stuff. I have a range of music. Oh yeah, you do. All right, prove it. Show me your Spotify right now. Okay. Well, what else do you listen to? Oh, I listen to this, this, this. What are we doing here? Why is this a flirty phrase? Because we're spiking emotion. And flirtatious phrases and flirty statements spike emotions. You're basically flirting with her because it's a subtle interest, right? You're saying you're not one of those girls who blank, 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 as if you're qualifying her because you're looking to potentially go on a date with her or show interest in her. That's the subtlety there. That's why it's such a beautiful phrase that you can use. You're not one of those girls who doesn't read, are you? Because if you haven't read a book in the past year, shame on you. No, I've read. I read books. I read books. Oh, yeah? Which books, which books are you reading? Which one was your favorite? Oh, nice. You read that book? Yeah, I heard that book was good. Cool. So you're basically showing her. This, is, this phrase is so powerful because not only is it spiking emotions, but it's also qualifying her. So it's killing two birds with one stone here. You're qualifying her to see, I don't know, maybe maybe you really actually love dogs. And then you go, you're not one of those girls who hates dogs, do you? And most women love dogs. But let's say, for example, she goes, oh, man, yeah, I really don't love dogs. I'm allergic. I don't like them. Who knows? Maybe you have a dog. And then now you don't want to. This is this is good. You probably don't want to get her number anymore. It's really important to you. So it does that. And it also shows her that you're not just willing to be with anybody. That's the real power. 
That's the real power in this statement showing her, hey, I'm not going to be with just any girl. You see, guys, most of the men out there, they're too agreeable. They're playing nice guy. They will never challenge. They don't want to cause any stir. This is the nice guy way. I know this very well because I am a recovering nice guy. I still catch myself in that mode sometimes too, where you're just trying to not cause any riff at all. But let me tell you something. As counterintuitive as it seems, you want to cause riff. Why? Because riff is a spike in emotions. And when you're just playing agreeable, nice guy, what ends up happening, gentlemen, you're boring. It's a boring conversation. Nothing interesting is flowing. This is why people, by the way, this is why people watch the news. Yeah, of course, they want to get the updates on the world. But ever notice when you watch the news, it's almost all bad news. It's always something going on that's that's bad And I'm sure that, well, who knows? I don't know. There's a lot of fake news out there and people say a lot of crazy things. But either way, why is that the case? Is it just that the world is always falling apart? Of course not. There are good things happening every day somewhere. But the reason why you're not hearing about them and you're hearing about all the bad stuff is because news outlets need to make money. How do they make money? They get people to tune in. How do they get people to tune in? They have drastic occurrences because all that negative stuff is a little bit more interesting. All the riffraff is a little bit more interesting. Now, guys, I'm not saying that you should be going into conversations and just starting a bunch of arguments and being negative. That's not the point. The point here is that when things are peaceful, It's just not as interesting. It might make us feel a little happy inside and a little bit good, but it's just not as interesting. That's that's, By the way, guys, that's why we like stories. Every story has a problem that needs to be solved. There's no movie out there where everything is just good the whole time. There's always a problem and there's a hero and the hero accomplishes and solves the problem. So that's story. That's why we get sucked in. Watch the next and the next movie or TV episode that you watch. Find the problem. It's not all happy, go lucky. So that's why when you're flirting, when you're talking to a girl, you want to be able to spike emotions. Again, not with negativity, but with a little bit of challenge in there. And you're going to see from the next two phrases that that's what happens. It accomplishes that. Let's go to the next one. Quote, I don't like you anymore. I don't like you anymore. Now, what's cool about this one is you can actually use that in conjunction with the last one I said, but it doesn't have to be. So, for example, you're not one of those girls who doesn't read, are you? And then she goes, I don't know, not really. I haven't read a book in like five years. And then you can say, you haven't read a book in five years. Okay, that's it. I don't like you anymore. We're done here. You're my new enemy. So you can say it in conjunction with that, or you can just say it based off of something that she says. You won't always get the opportunity, but honestly, you could really find it. If you really concentrated, you could easily find an opportunity in there just to place a real quick, I don't like you anymore. All right, we're done. 
And you do it with a smile, of course. Because if you say it too seriously, you don't smile. What ends up happening is it just comes off too real. And she's going to be like, oh, I offended him. We're not trying to show her that we're offended. Because it's a joke, right? You're being you're being silly. You're being sarcastic. Oh, okay, I don't like you anymore. We're done. We're done. You say that based off of something she said. If she says something of, and by the way, this is how illogical conversation can be. You just got to get a little creative. If she says, oh, I'm originally from uh, Florida, you can go, oh, no, you're from Florida. Uh-oh, I don't like you anymore. She'll be like, what? Why? And you'll be like, I don't know. I don't know. And then you'll just move on the conversation. Or if you have something to say about it, like, oh, Florida's the worst. They have hurricanes all the time. And she's like, what? No, Florida's the best. Da, da, da. Again, you don't want to go into a whole actual argument. That's not the point. This is just light, flirty phrases that you just say, and then you kind of move on because you're teasing, you're having fun, you're flirting, you're showing the subtle, or I should say you're showing the disinterest, which which is showing the subtle interest. That is the real like definition of, of, of flirtation or, or being flirty is showing some sort of disinterest that shows subtle interest. It's like kids on the playground. When you were a kid on the playground and you were in second grade or you're seven, eight years old and the girl comes over and makes fun of you and sticks her tongue out at you, it actually means that she likes you. That's just how it goes, right? Now, of course, you could do the other way. You could just be showing lots of interest. You could be complimenting. That generally doesn't have as strong of an effect as a teasy, flirty phrase like the ones that I'm giving you right now. It doesn't have that that same oomph. Again, why? I already explained why. Because some of the uh, phrases that cause a little bit of like a whoa were, were okay, he's saying something where he's like disqualifying me. Okay, wow, we're, we're, we're getting a little bit more interesting here. It's not the normal thing that I always hear because I'm a cute girl and all I hear all the time are compliments and I think you're cute. And, and so this girl is not normally hearing, I don't like you anymore. Or you're not one of those girls who blank, blank, blank. Okay. So I put those two in a little bit of a category, very similar. Let's go to the third flirty phrase. And it's this one. This one is a little bit more advanced. I only say that because it might be hard for you to say it because it's really out there. And also it's one that doesn't come up necessarily too often. But if you find the right spot, man, it works. It's a cocky, funny line. Cocky, funny, taken from David D'Angelo, old, like OG pickup artist slash dating coach from like 2004. I don't know if, he, if this was a line that he said, but he definitely came up and coined this cocky funny where you're being funny in a way that's showing cocky, like how awesome you are. So for example, here's the line. I can't believe how in love you are with me. Okay, now said in a little bit of the actual tone, it's going to be like, oh man, I can't believe how in love you are with me. Look at you. You absolutely, you're obsessed. And you say it, of course, 
with a smile. All flirts are going to be said with some sort of smile, not like a shit-eating grin. Or I should say not one that's like showing all your teeth where you look kind of funny, but just like a little bit of a smile. Like you're holding back laughter. So think about what your face looks like when you're just kind of like holding back laughter. It's like this half smile almost. And when are you going to say this? I can't believe how in love you are with me. This is more specific to a time where she's saying something to you in terms of a compliment or it doesn't, well, that might not happen. A lot of girls won't do that off the bat. So it can be something even more subtle than that. Maybe she's asking you a question and she's already asked you five questions in a row and you're like, whoa, whoa, it's a lot of questions. I can't believe in how in love you are with me. We just met. Stephanie, let's, Madison, Scarlett, whatever her name is, right? Let's chill out for a second. You're so in love with me. No, nah, I'm just joking around. Anyways, yeah, so I'm from LA, blah, blah, blah. And then you just continue talking. It's not something to go off on this long tangent. I can't believe it because then that becomes, it's not funny. It's not funny or interesting when it becomes this huge thing. It's like, okay, this guy's being really oddly arrogant, like too cocky. So we don't go into it. By the way, all of these, all of these flirty phrases, we're not going too crazy with these. We're not spending five minutes talking about how you don't like her anymore or how in love with you she is. Or, wow, you're not one of the girls who, you're not one of those girls who hates dogs. And then you go on about that, on and on and on. It just meant to be kind of sprinkled in a little emotional spike. Boom, you hit her with it. You say the words and then you move on. So that's how we're going to play this. Now, the reason cocky funny works is because you're basically showing her a little bit of confidence. And women like a little bit of playful arrogance. It's attractive. If you do it too much, it just becomes cocky, literally cocky, not cocky funny anymore or too arrogant. And then it doesn't work. But if you throw it in at the right time and you make a little joke about it, it does show a little bit of confidence. Because again, most guys, most quote, nice guys who are not able to attract women, they're not doing things like this. In fact, I've seen a lot of self-deprecation. So when I'm working with clients, when my, when my coaches are working with clients and they're having them go out, you know, we'll have them record audios so we can give them feedback. And guys will do this. Again, by the way, guilty of this. I would do this from time to time and I completely stop myself. And I haven't done this in God knows how many years at this point. Self-deprecation. Self-deprecation is funny when you're watching a stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedians do a lot of self-deprecation, meaning they make fun of themselves. They make fun of the way that they look or their race, right? That, that happens quite a bit. Don't do that in conversation. Don't ever do that in a conversation with a girl or even with like new friends. Self-deprecation could be funny if you're with long-time friends and you guys are just messing around. That's a little bit different. But if I had to say, just like, don't even do it at all. Because self-deprecation, as funny as it might be, where you're like, oh, making fun of yourself a little bit, or how short you are, or how lanky or tall you are, or how you're not good at this, whatever it is. Doing that, it's a sign of low self-esteem. 
Even when comedians do it, a lot of comedians, by the way, have low self-esteem. That's like a thing. It's almost like a characteristic. A lot of comedians talk about this. It's a little bit of a stereotype. I'm sure not all of them feel this way, but you hear about it, right? And one of the ways that people deal, by the way, with self-esteem, little tangent here, is by being funny. So they make jokes about themselves. We don't want you to do that. It's not funny. And even if it is, it's not going to help her become attracted to you. So we don't self-deprecate. If anything, go the opposite end. Do cocky funny. You can even say, man, I'm the best. Wow, I am amazing. I know, it's just crazy. I'm too amazing. Again, within context of what the conversation is. So three flirty phrases. I can't believe how in love you are with me. I don't like you anymore. You're not one of those girls who. Use those in conversation Watch the reaction that you get. If you want to see teasing in action, if you want to see what it looks like to flirt with a girl in action, real life examples, no actresses, all 100% real conversations, check out Infield Breakdown, my course that guys are loving. When they watch it, they tell me how much they've learned. They've been able to implement almost like a copy and paste, like they see what I'm doing and then they can implement it because it always helps to see things in action. Man, it was a fun day too. Just a year ago, New York City, about 67 degrees that day. So just slightly below room temp, lots of women were walking around and it was great. Got a bunch of numbers, got a bunch of rejections, filmed it all. And man, was I exhausted at the end of the day. Probably approached like 30 girls that day. And uh, it was just really fun to be able to also look back at them and then narrate it and break it down. That's the whole idea is you're going to see the approach, what I say, what they say, and then I will break down exactly what I was doing, how I was doing it so you can implement it. So check it out in the show notes. You're going to love it. Now let's go into Q&A. Guys have been asking questions I always like to keep up with it. If you want to email in a question, email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line, podcast question, and then we can answer it here in the podcast. So I'm going to do one right now. Hey, Trip. Lately, I've been feeling discouraged with my prospects with women. I work hard have a second job, and I'm doing everything I can to purchase a property in one of the most expensive states in the U.S. I'd like to know which one that is. He does not say yet. For the past three and a half years, I've been living in my parents' accessory dwelling unit. Yes, I know this is a problem, saving 75% of my income. I switched careers later in life. When I was 28, I went from marketing to plumbing for better job security and life fulfillment. I didn't value what I was doing. Now I do. A lot of people I used to work with are laid off. I'm still working. I enjoy what I do, but I've slowly come to realize that I may never make what modern women demand today. I keep hearing on your podcast and others that they want guys who make 150000 to 200000 a year. To attain that in my trade, I'd have to work 70 hours a week for the rest of my life. Call me lazy, but that doesn't sound like a happy life to me. 
There are avenues I could take that would allow me to earn a respectable living, say 90 to 100K. I'm working toward that, but it's becoming clear women wouldn't value me even then. My question is, am I doomed to just slogging away, working endlessly with no intimate connection? I'm a good looking guy and don't have much of a problem approaching, but it feels like no matter what I do, I'll never be good enough. Thank you for all you do, Alex. All right. I know that this is a topic of conversation that is a little complicated. It's not a straightforward answer. It does come up quite a bit. So I'm happy to dive into it again. All right, Alex, let's let's do it. So first of all, you have to understand that wealth is relative. A lot of it is relative to where you live. So if you're making $200,000 in San Francisco, that might be the equivalent to making $75,000 in, you know, average town Florida, for example. You know, just a random town in Florida. Might be the exact same thing. You could be making... $400,000 in New York City. And that would be um, this is just numbers that I'm 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 just estimating to give you an idea, but that could be about $200,000. Could be half the worth if you're in, let's say, Dallas. Right? So someone making 200 in Dallas is equivalent to making 400 in New York. The point is is every city has a different type of lifestyle and living situation and cost. And so it really, really all depends on where you live. And it also depends, by the way, on how you're spending your money. So, okay, you're a guy who makes, uh, what did you say here? I don't know. It looked like maybe you said 70000 or something like that, or maybe less. Well, you could be making, let's say, sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 per year. And your lifestyle is amazing because you're saving a lot. You're not spending on stupid stuff. Or you got a guy who's making $400,000 a year and he's living paycheck to paycheck because he's spending his money on a bunch of stupid stuff. And who knows, then they lose their job and they have nothing in savings and then they're, they're back to where they were. It's just really hard to compare. Okay, so let's not try to compare. And I know you're not necessarily doing that. You know, I know, I understand. We're talking about, well, how much do you have to make a year for a a modern woman to notice you? And the internet is, and I've even said this a little bit too, okay? So I'm I'm definitely part of the conversation. But people have said, you got to make six figures. If you're not making six figures, women won't notice you. It's not true, okay? I say it in the way of like, Listen, I want to motivate you guys to do your best to make six figures. Strive for more because money is good. I I don't need to do this again because I did this just a couple of episodes ago. I went a whole rant about why money is so good to have and not just for women, okay? But if you're making, let's say, 50 to 70K per year and you live a reasonable life, and you can still do good things, and you can still save, and that's possible for you, you're still going to have options for women. But I got to be honest, if you're making 60K per year, and you're just spending it on stupid shit, and you're just literally living paycheck to paycheck, 
and you don't have a nice place. And by the way, when I say nice place, I don't mean fancy as hell. I just mean like it's a decent place in a safe neighborhood. That's a clean and good. Then you're, you're going to be, you're going to be able to attract women. You have to be very good with women though. Here's the other thing is like, as long as you're like really good with women, you're confident and you know how to speak to them, you know how to flirt with them. Like I'm teaching you and you have all that going for you. She will actually forgive that you're not making an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary amount. And the opposite goes too. if you're making like upwards of three to 500 K plus maybe you're not the most handsome, maybe you're not the most charismatic. That's going to help you. But if you're talking, if we're talking about like attracting women, it will be better for you to be a 70 K per year, 60 K per year guy. Who's really good with attracting women. Then a guy who's making 500 K and has no confidence and doesn't know what he's doing. You'll have more options with women because I've worked with guys and clients who are millionaires who can't get a date for the life of them. Well, they do well. They have money. What's going on here? Well, they don't know how to talk to women. They don't know how to display their personality and their behavioral traits. Now, of course, what's the ultimate? Well, the ultimate is being very wealthy and also very good with women. And then you have a lot of options. What's the ultimate ultimate? Well, you're wealthy, you're very good with women, you're confident, and you have status, right? So the Leonardo DiCaprio is is like an example of that. Someone who has status, who's good looking, who's rich, who's charismatic. Yeah, he can have a lot of women, but 99.9999999999% of us are not that person. So your question is, are you doomed to slogging away, working endlessly with no intimate connection? The answer is no, you're not doomed. And also, you know, stop assuming all this stuff. You know, you said in the beginning, first line, I'm feeling discouraged about my prospects with women. So I'm not hearing, nor have I heard you say that you haven't even been able to attract a woman. I haven't even heard you say, hey man, I'm a plumber, I make 60K per year, and I'm like super happy, kind of good looking, and I approach women and talk to all these girls, and then they find out what I do and somehow figure out how much I make, and then boom, they're gone. You didn't say that. So why are we assuming here that that's going to happen? Now listen, I'm going to be real with you guys. Today, no, I'm sorry guys, you can't, you can't be just like making under 50K and expecting to have lots of options. But again, it depends if you're making 50K in a really small town, that's, you can get a really nice place. It could work for you. I know I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit, but again, I always want to encourage you to make more. And yeah, even so, if you're making 50K in a small town, okay, you're probably fine. You know, double that to 100K, you're probably doing very well. So it does start to increase in terms of when when your lifestyle and your salary go up, you do have more options, but by no means are you doomed. But I still want each and every one of you to work hard to make more money. Now, if you're saying that, okay, for you, you know, to get to 90K to 100, you're working 70 hours per week. 
We have to look at reality here, right? Because if you live in a town where 50K, 60K isn't going far, then yeah, that might be a problem. So we might need to fix that. You might need to move to another town where it's not so expensive and you can have a better, more attractive lifestyle. Or you might need to think of a side hustle. Or maybe, why are you so set on doing plumbing? Maybe there's other jobs where you can be equally as happy and be making more. doesn't have to be so black and white. It's like, well, plumbing's the only option for you. Like You won't be happy anywhere else that could maybe make more money. So I know we've kind of gone back and forth on this, and there's a lot here. How do we summarize the answer? Guys, always be striving to make more. Don't kill yourself over it, please. Right? We don't want you to be working 70 hours a week where your life sucks to make that. There is that balance you want there. Okay? So let's do it reasonably, but always try to be making more money. It's so easy today, by the way. You know how hard it was like 30 years ago to start a business? You'd have to get brick and mortar. You'd have to buy advertising. You need money a lot to start something up. Now, you can get started with a business for like probably under $1,000 or less. Put up a website, social media. Hell, you could do it for free. Start an Instagram and then start talking about something or sell a service or sell whatever. Sell a little product. So it's a lot easier today than it, it ever was. Competition's high, that's for sure, but still it's still available to everyone who has an internet connection. So, which you do because you're listening to this episode. Okay. So always be striving for more, hopefully do it in a fulfilling way. And also at the same time, know that, no, you do not need to be making high six figures to have a dating life. Plenty of guys that I know and I've coached make less than $100,000 per year, make less than $70,000 per year, and are still finding great women. Now, again, because I say that doesn't mean settle. Whoa, Trip said I can meet girls and I'm making 50K. That's fine. I should stay here. No, always try to be doing more. Again, insert rant here from a couple episodes ago where I talk about money. If you don't, if you want to hear that, just listen to uh, some of the past episodes. Here's another way to look at work. I work probably more than 70 hours per week. Now, I'm not stressed out. I don't feel bogged down. I don't even have much of a work-life balance. It's mostly work and a little bit of life, but work is my life and I love it and I'm obsessed with it. So maybe you can find a job where you don't even count how many hours per week you're working. You're working so much, but you, that, that's how much you love it. So maybe I challenge you on that. Maybe plumbing, you don't love enough. Maybe 70 hours per week is something that's totally reasonable for someone to work if they love what they do. Again, it depends, right? There's a lot of stuff out there that says work-life balance. And to some degree, I, I, I do believe that. But for some people who want to be very wealthy and really work hard, that's not for everyone, work-life balance. You think, I don't know, Elon Musk has work-life balance? I doubt it. He's a very successful man. You think Mr. Beast, the number one YouTuber, has work-life balance? I know for a fact he doesn't. Based on what he said on a recent interview, 
He said all day long, all he thinks about is YouTube all day, all day long. Every second of his life is just about his next video or the video that he's currently working on because he's obsessed with it. He loves it. It's not work. It's just his life. There's no balance to be had because work is life and life is work. And you are happy about that. You're not sad about that. Now, that might not be a quick fix for some of you out there. Go, oh, nice, you know, easy for you to say, you know, but it's not easy for me to say. I've been doing this for 10 years, 12 years, actually. So it's been taking a lot. Mr. Beast, you know, he was half the world didn't even know who he was until maybe a couple of years ago because it just took a while. He was putting out videos for such a long time until he finally figured out he's been doing YouTube for like 10 years. So it might take a little bit if you want to move into that area where you're trying to make more money. So just a lot of things to think about here for you, Alex, who wrote in for you, who's listening, you know, money's a good thing. Try to make more of it. Do your best to be happy while you're making it. It is possible. And remember again, to kind of summarize here, as long as you're not completely broke off your ass, you have options for women. It's possible for you. All right, gentlemen, a great episode today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go ahead and leave a review. If you've liked the podcast, I like your reviews, especially on Apple podcast. And don't forget to check out the infield breakdown course. And you can also say hello to me on Instagram. Follow me on TikTok. Check me out on YouTube. And I will talk to you very soon.